0: Welcome back to episode one hundred and eighty-one of Your Best Year Starts Here with me, Neil Martin, and the awesome Mr. Nigel Risner. Your best year starts right here. Jack, 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 jack one. Your best year starts right here. Perhaps the best is this one. And it's time for another episode. So I I know I put you on the spot a lot and go, what are we going to talk about this week? But have you got an idea? What are we going to talk about this one? Well,
1: week? it's really interesting. So I was in the States a couple of weeks ago, and at that time, Elon Musk was buying Twitter. Uh-huh. Okay. What's For
0: 60-something billion. 45,
1: 45 billion. Yeah. What's so amazing about that concept is that people started arguing about where else the money could go. Okay. Yep. I then was coming home on a British Airways flight, and as per normal, I'm on Twitter ranting about it and people going well this is first world problems and think about other people and there's a problem now and this is me going to a little bit of rant mode
0: you rant
1: yeah i know really i'm not disputing that there are people worse off than me and elon musk and all the rest but if you can never moan and never complain and never be upset and you live in this happy lull and then say well it's I mean trust me Ukraine has been a favorite client of my, a favorite country and client of mine for 8 years and I love Ukraine and I love going to Kiev and it's tragic sad and all the other words and I wish there was more I could do and I've donated some money and I've bought some Airbnb nights for some people obviously I'm never going to be staying there because that was an easy way of doing some funding yeah but when people start moaning that you know how can you moan when you're sitting in business class well, there's a point to this that says, I think I'm entitled to the moment if I don't think I'm getting good enough service. Yep. If Elon Musk wants to spend his money on that, and believe me, I don't know the whole tax implications of how much money he pays in tax for Tesla and all the rest, but he employs thousands of people. Yep. There's thousands of people paying tax. I'm sure there are things that he could have done with that money. And I'm going to get into serious issues and I'm going to have people fighting and arguing here. <laughs> Are we then saying that no one's allowed to invest in something because the money should only be going to the poor or to some cause? And the problem is, I don't know the answer, but it seems amazing that any time someone puts their head above the parapet and complains about anything, someone says, well, that's a first-world problem. Mm-hmm. Well, I don't know then what we do to improve service. What well, you go to any hotel and you complain, oh, yeah, but think about the starving children. Well... <laughs> I'm not sure how that helps no. because then you've got bad service and then the hotel closes mm-hmm. then a restaurant closes and a pub closes, fish and chip shops close because no one's trying to improve what they're doing.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Then someone says, yeah, but you shouldn't go public on it. The problem with someone like British Airways, if you don't go public on it, they don't respond. Yep. They were, All of a sudden, you go on Twitter, their team respond in seconds, and they want a direct message you to come off from the public because they're embarrassed. Yep. I mean, I would serve something on this plane. I had to ask half the team what it was. It definitely wasn't what they said it was. <laughs> and what was more and worse, and this is where I felt bad, the staff and the crew were embarrassed giving it. Yep. And yep. they must know every single time they serve this shite, they are going to have people saying this is not great. Mm-hmm. But then you're gonna have people listening going, Yeah, but you but you pay business cards what you should, what to expect. Well, if they want my money and I can give my money to anybody, and we've had this conversation before, because the world is the competition to any business now. I can spend my money anywhere, yep. whether it's car holiday, I don't travel, I stay in England and we've got some beautiful weather, we've got some lovely vacations coming out, so I don't travel. Well, that's my choice. Mm -hmm. Then when I go out to eat, do I do self-catering, buy my own food, or do I go to a pub? (laughs) If I get phenomenal service at a pub, you know I'll tweet and I'll do something on Facebook. But if it's not great, what am I supposed to do? So I'm asking, and this is a challenge for our audience, when you get shite service, what do you do?
0: Mm -hmm.
1: And are you scared to give the feedback? Are you wanting not to do it publicly because you don't want to embarrass them? But how do we share with people when you've not done a great job? Mm-hmm. You know I ask for lots of feed-forward at the end of my presentations. And I'm tough on some of my audiences, and I make it very clear I'm not always politically correct. Uh, sometimes I drop the S-word or whatever it might be. But, but I know from my rebooking rates that people like my style yep. because the minute that stops, I'm going to have to change because that's bad feedback. Yep. So, so if you're not getting the response you want and people aren't rebooking you or people aren't recommending you and people aren't using your services, you need to start thinking, what are you doing? Because BA are very lucky at the moment because most of the big um, Etihad and Qatar and Emirates don't fly to the States. Mm-hmm. They don't fly much to Europe. Mm-hmm. So they don't have much competition there. But if you're going to Dubai or Singapore, Australia, I don't know why you'd want to fly them. Yep. because you get much better service somewhere else. Their biggest fear must be that they travel west and do that. Now, this is a big thing for everyone who's listening. Be aware that no feedback is just as bad as bad feedback. Because if people aren't talking about you, that either means that you suck or they've got nothing good to say about you.
0: It, it's interesting. Talking to like booking agents and event promoters and stuff like that. And, you know, lots of them do these like feedback forms at the end of an event, right? Loads of them do that where it's like score you out one to five or whatever. I've had various interesting conversations with the, you know, the, the teams that are collating all of that where, you know, they're talking about rebooking you or booking you for other future events or whatever. And um, my question to them, if, if we ever talk about those forms is okay, how many fives did I get? Okay. Now how many ones? And, The first time I have this conversation with anyone new, they're always like, don't you want to know the fours? I'm like, no, I don't care. I want to know the total number of people that filled in a form. I want to know how many fives and how many ones. I want to know how many people completely resonated with what I had to say and how many people hated it. The ones in the middle don't matter. Because the ones in the middle, very often, they weren't really paying enough attention to give an opinion. And And I don't mean that to be unkind to the people that put twos, threes and fours. I mean it in terms of the people who re- you know, the people who really form an opinion, it's at one end or the other of the of the spectrum, right? And I actually quite like to have a few ones. I don't want all fives. I want there to be a couple of people in the room that don't like what I do. Because that actually tells me I'm doing something right. Because very often, again, from experience of having spoken to a few people who've scored me as a one, when I get to talking to those people, um, I find out why. And it's because something I've said has made them uncomfortable. Now, sometimes it's just like, oh, I don't like motivational speakers. Full stop, right? And, and that's, their, that's their issue. Um, but other times it's something I've said made them uncomfortable, which has actually made them think about it, go away and do something. But they're not going to write that on the form. But, you know, but if you meet someone six months later and, and they're honest enough to go, I'm one of those people that gave you a one, you know, because, again, I've talked about this stuff in my content before – occasionally someone comes up to you and they go, actually, last time I saw you, I gave you a one, but this is why I gave you a one. And I gave you a one because you made me think about something I didn't want to think about. And so you kind of pissed me off. Well, actually, now I've thought about that thing and I've done something about that thing, I'd probably score you a five because you made me take action on something no one else has made me take action on before. You know, so... And and I know sometimes people give you one because they just think you're crap. You know, it's a bit like the the book reviews. You know, I I know there are reviews of my book. The majority of them are five-star reviews. But I know there's probably people who would give it a one-star that just haven't even bothered to review it. You know, it's a bit like our podcast. Almost all of our reviews are five stars. But there, there must be people who absolutely hate what we do. You've listened to one episode and gone, I can't be arsed with this. But they haven't actually been so committed to telling us that for us to know, you know.
1: But, but it goes deeper than that because what you're actually asking your clients for, regard whether you're in a state agency, marketing, speaking, whatever, you're trying to find out from them why something hasn't resonated, mm-hmm. you know, and if you're not being rebooked or you've got clients, you know, we, we know that to get a new client because X, a client to give you more business is much cheaper if you just looked after them. Yep. The problem is we often don't look after our clients because we're busy hunting new clients. Yep. You know, the tragedy is we often only go for our existing clients when something occurs, that, you know, something hasn't worked. So I spend a lot of time with my existing clients, checking in with them, sending them articles. I see something that's funny. I think it will be appropriate, whatever. And I, and I meet them for coffee. I don't do this. I was just passing. Yeah. No one's passing Norfolk. I'm just telling you <laughs> that now. It's a long way. But if I had have been in Norfolk yesterday and I'd have planned it correctly, I only flew in the day before. So my head wasn't really in it in, in the sense of where I was going. But I, I had clients there. What I should have done was just pop in because I was there mm-hmm. and say, I thought I was thinking about you and I was speaking around the corner, either invite them and and whatever it might be. So what I'd like everyone who's listening is to think about have you heard from 20 of your clients recently? Have you corresponded with them recently? And if you've not heard from anybody, I'd be worried. Why? <laughs> I'd be worried because yep. there's a new version of you starting up in business. There's a new estate agent that's online. You know, there's an, there's a new estate agent not far away that aren't charging any fees for six months, whatever. Yep. Well, of course, they're going to be attractive compared to someone who's charging two or three percent. You know, there's letting agents, whatever it might be. You need to think about if you were starting your business today, what would you be doing differently? to attract clients, retain clients, mm. and pretend as of Monday, the 20th of May, when this episode goes out, or whatever it is, what would I do today to attract new clients and make them love me as much as I love them?
0: Yep, yep.
1: And it's tough because what we're nearly doing is, I haven't heard from them, so everything must be okay. Yep. If you haven't heard from them, there's a I'd a reason be for worried.
0: It. Yeah, there's a reason. It's interesting, right? And this this is just something that came in today right? So this episode, by the way, is out on the 9th of May. Um, but yeah, this is something that came out, came in today on my LinkedIn, right? And I it was a post that, I, in response to a post that I put up, I got a message from someone, I won't read the whole thing, I just read the, the key bit, about how they attended some training with me in 2016, okay? Where, where I was talking about um, content creation and social media and, you know, how to write content that engages people and create content and stuff like that. And um, they said, um, I'm glad to let you know that I've published quite a few things since then, including being pub- published globally through the Huffington Post. Um, and I've written several books since, blah, um, blah, 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 blah. And it's like, how often do you get messages from someone six years after a training course basically telling you the impact of it? Right? The tra- here's the but, tragedy, but, and this, the reason I want to mention it is what prompted that? Was me putting something out on LinkedIn that they've seen. Yeah. If I wasn't I was publishing say, content myself, I probably never would have got that message, right?
1: But there's another slightly weird sign. This is the nasty part. But for six years, you've probably not been in contact with that person.
0: That's probably true, actually, because they came on one. They came yeah. on one. They so came. They came to one lucky,
1: event. But how lucky they've come back to you? Yeah. And now you'll probably get back in touch with them. Yeah. But there one, are times when a client will ring me. And I'm thinking, thank God they're around me. There's not a chance I was going to be on their on their yeah. wavelength.
0: Yeah. Well, to be honest, it's someone that came on. I think one training with me, and you know, the, the, I don't mean this rudely, but the clients you tend to remember the ones that have done multiple, particularly if it's like running a training course. It's the some. It's the person that's been more than once. It's the person that did one training course with you and then immediately booked to come on another one. Right.
1: It's, Give me one second, Neil. One yeah. second.
0: Yep. We have, the, we have the moment of silence. I mean, to be fair, he's missed two episodes. For, for him to duck out for like a minute in the middle of one, um, I think we should probably let him do that. Um, and actually, looking at the time, I think we're pretty much up to time on this episode. So I'm going to wrap it up with Nigel out of the room. And um, whatever he was going to add next, he can do in uh, episode 182 of Your Best Year Starts Here. So we will see you next week. Your best year
1: starts right here or just